You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. They know what we do. We know what they do. I think you have to look at it from a singular mindset and say, okay, you know, what can we control first and go from that? You know, what do we have confidence in and go from that? And then how does that apply to LA? I think we have to start there as opposed to saying, you know, oh, Tennessee did this or some other team did that or Miami did this because we don't have the same personnel as them. You know, so we have to fit our personnel into what we can feel that we have comfortable with against their scheme. And that's what we try and do on a weekly basis. And that's what we'll try and do against LA. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black, talked today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, talking about you know going up against the Chargers and what they have to do and the personnel that they have and the way that they have to match up. Not not how anyone else have matched up against the Chargers, but exactly what the Raiders are going to have to do to go up against the Chargers coming up on Sunday, a game that is very important, in my opinion, for the Raiders to win. And that really caused me to throw the question out there. This is a gut, we- a gut check week as far as I'm concerned. So what, in your opinion, is it the Raiders need to do to get things turned around? I think play physical, and that offensive line's got to open up some holes in the run game. As far as I'm concerned, first and foremost, the run game has got to get established. That's That's me. That's the first thing that has to – work or has to get turned around quick, fast, in a hurry for this team to have any kind of hope for success. You're not going to be able to be one-dimensional and win a lot of games. Jimmy G throwing the ball 44 times on Sunday night is not good. It's less than ideal. You don't want that scenario. The run game has got to get established. It starts up front with the offensive line, and like Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, he'll join us at 3.30, the guys in the interior, the guards in the center, have to be a lot more physical than what he's seeing from them through three games. 702-365-9200. That's the Radio Nation listener line at 69187, keyword R&R. That's the text line. Let's start off with uh, our guy, Dane. Dane, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. So I've got to be honest, that little snippet you from Mick Lombardi, it worries me a little bit because I think what they need to fix wasn't really addressed in what he said. In fact, I think it's kind of the opposite. He said that, you know, they got to work with what they have and the personnel they have. My issue is I don't think the run game is truly going to get going unless the Raiders find some way to establish a deep threat. I'm looking at they don't have any explosive plays, and the defense is what they're doing is they're rolling out and saying, okay, we know what you want to do. You want to pound Josh Jacobs, and Jimmy G likes throwing these short intermediate throws over the middle, and we don't worry at all about you beat us over the top. I would love to see the statistics on how often defenses are playing single high safety you know, um, against the Raiders' offense. I don't think they have any respect for any kind of deep ball, and I think it's killing them. I, I really do, and I know that you know that's not Jimmy G's forte, but uh, I think that's really hamstringing them. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's that's what I have. I just no 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 you know um, real deep threat is is really hurting this team in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think that they need to take some deep shots. And, Dane, thank you for the call. They definitely do need to take some deep shots. And uh, I don't care if that's not Jimmy G's, you know, number one thing. There's players on this team that can stretch the field. Uh, you got DeAndre Carter. You've got Trey Tucker. You've got guys that can get down the field. Hell, Devontae Adams can get down the field. We know that. Uh, he's not the fastest dude out there. But we know that they have guys that can, that can uh, stretch the field. They've got to get that speed involved. That's something that – they need, right? I mean, we look at Miami, and, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to covet what the next man has, but, man, they got a lot of speed going on in Miami, right? They've got, they've got something that would make Al Davis proud. They got speed everywhere, from the wide receivers to the running backs to the fullbacks. Shout out to Alec Ingold. I mean, everyone is fast 
down there in Miami. They, they got something cooking for real, looking like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC. The Raiders need to have some kind of element of uh, speed on their team as well. Let's uh, go out to our friend Shields. Up, Welcome to the show. What's up on your mind, my man? Q, how we doing, man? I'm blessed. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, the uh, What you're talking about, the topic of your show is, uh, we, again, I'm going to follow up with what you said in your previous call. It's the offensive line. Mm-hmm. It is the offensive line. Um, Jimmy G is not going to throw the ball 50 times and win the game. It's obvious if you look through his playing history. So I'm looking at Colton Miller. He's a captain, and he has to install and inspire these men to start knocking heads. I kind of wonder if getting Van Roten was a mistake and not sticking with Alex Bars. Some people said Alex Bars, uh, PBF or PFF or whatever, was not good. I kind of question that right now. Um, but they have to open up the lanes and open up the gaps. Now, if they're putting eight in the box or they're stacking up the box, correct me if I'm wrong or let me know, Q. I don't see Jimmy G audibling out of anything. Right. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it, and I don't understand why. It's like we're going to run this play, get to the line, and that's it. So that's my thing. And the other thing I want to mention, too, is that your, your uh, guest on the show was crashing down on Patrick Graham, and a lot of people are crashing down on Patrick Graham. Well, I put this on Ziegler a little bit because they could have had Jalen Carter. Yeah, Jalen Carter is wreaking havoc right now. He's ringing that bell over there, that Freedom Bell yeah. in Philadelphia. And they could have had him, but they didn't take him. And I put that on Ziegler. So, you know, I'm still I'm you know, I'm still on on um Graham's side. I think um I think the defensive line, the interior, had their best game against Pittsburgh this week. They got pressure. They were able to get and move him, move him out of the pocket. They stopped the run pretty good. So Nichols and everybody else in that middle, I think they finally had their best game. But that's about it. The offensive line, bully ball, audible out of it. Let's do what we can do. Thank you for taking my call, man. Shields up. Let's go. Hey, there it is. Good call. Shields up right there. And, yeah, I mean, that Jalen Carter conversation is always going to be there. You're seeing what he's doing in a limited amount of snaps. He's just out there dominating. Again, he did it on Monday Night Football for the Philadelphia Eagles. That conversation is always going to be there. The day he, you know, was, I don't want to say got not in trouble, but the day that everything was, uh, you know, was announced and went public and what was going on, that was the day of being at the Combine, and I was there. And he was supposed to talk to the media that day at the Combine at the podium. And obviously, he never went to the podium. He went back to Georgia. And, uh, you know, he, he turned himself in, this, that, and the other. I said that day on this very show that the Raiders aren't drafting him. I said I felt very confident just because of the optics. And I know everyone doesn't want to say, you know, that that's okay. This, that, you know, it doesn't matter. It's different situations. It is. But I just don't think that it was something that was in their in – their, Realm of possibility. And I know that we heard from Coach McDaniels and Dave Ziegler that, no, no, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we, we could take anybody we want as long as we feel like they're a good fit for the team, this, that, and the other. But I just, I just, and this is just my personal feeling, that they weren't going to be in a good position to take Jalen. And, and there was other teams that obviously weren't in a good position to take him. That's why he ended up going number nine overall to Philadelphia. He should have gone number one. I think there's no doubt he was the best player in the draft. 
I think there's no doubt about it. But with those off-the-field issues, he wasn't right for everybody. And I just personally, again, just my personal gut feeling, uh, you know, everyone's free uh, free to have their own opinion. I just don't think it was a good look. I I think it would have sent the wrong message to the community here in Las Vegas. And I know a lot of people don't care about that, and that's fine. I'm just telling you what my gut feeling is, that that wasn't going to be a possibility. But, you know. It's it it doesn't matter at this point. He's in Philadelphia. Tyree Wilson is the guy that the Raiders selected at number seven overall, and now it's up to him to get things turned around and go out there and play like the number seven overall pick, as opposed to not being able to put anything out there and uh, and make it happen and, and getting production defensively for the Silver and Black. Uh, one guy who does get a lot of production for the Raiders that is uh, Max Crosby, and uh, he says what he means. He means what he says, right? And so, uh, no matter what, if it's a win, a loss, whatever the case may be, a blowout, Max always makes himself available at some point in the Raiders locker room. Normally, it's close to the end when they're about to close up the locker room, but he still makes himself available. And we did get a chance to catch up to him on Sunday following the game. It's a tough one tonight. What did you see out there? What was the biggest disconnect? Um, you know, we just got to play together for four quarters you know there's times in the game where we play well you know there's times in the games where we have ups and downs um it's just about consistency um then it comes down to the basics you know doing your job at a high level um for 60 minutes or, or more so uh yeah that's what you know i feel like we got to improve on uh, you know it's a collective group thing you know we got to just keep you know building in the right direction i feel like you guys are getting closer to where you need to be yeah i think we are um it's just you know obviously it's disappointing home opener you, you know we you know we could have played better and that's upsetting and uh you know it's just sound of you gotta find ways to improve and uh that's what i do every day and that's what i try to you know show my teammates so just got to keep going forward you guys obviously needed a three and out there late in the game how much confidence do you have you guys will be able to get that um we had a lot you know we kept going back out on the field and we were talking the whole time you know everybody stay calm nobody you know blinked it was just we're going to go get a stop, give our offense a chance. Go get a stop, get our offense a chance. Um, you know, and that's that's what you know what we do. That's what we're paid to do. Um, and I felt like the guys responded really well today. Um, you know, there's things we can clean up, but overall, you know, I'm proud of those guys. To try and take a positive from this, do you point to the added pressure you guys did able to get today? Um, yeah, you know, we I feel like overall on the defensive line, we played better. Um, guys were playing free, um, playing um, relentless, and that's all you can ask for. You know, so I'm proud of those guys. You know, we, we had a great week, and... Uh, you know, we fell a little bit short, but um, we have the Chargers next, so we got to, you know, watch the film and then, you know, improve from there. Max, as a captain, what do you say to your teammates to get past it? Because this one obviously hurts. What do you say? You know, you can feel bad for yourself or, you know, you know, come in here and put your head down and, and moan, but that's, you know, that's a personal problem. Either come in here to get better Every day you step in the building, you come in intentionally, ready to get better, um, and that's it. You know, you can come in and do the same mediocre shit, and that's the results you're going to get. Or you can come in and do your job at, a, at the highest level possible, from recovery to nutrition to sleep to your performance and practice to details, your pad level, everything matters. And that's what I talk to the guys, you know, um, that's the game about. You know, it's just about every detail, you know, everything matters. In the NFL, a lot of games are close, and uh, that's the difference between winning and losing. So, um, yeah. Max, the, the fact that you guys fought to get to within one score. Yeah. Is that is that carryoverable? Can you can you carry that over? And is that something to focus on rather than just a lot? Yeah. You obviously you got to clean up the negatives, clean up the things that weren't um, you know perfect. But 
yeah, you know, I felt like the guys responded, um, and that was good to see. Fell short, um, but we didn't need to be in that position in the first place. So that's what we got to look at. We got to see where we can improve both sides of the ball um, in special teams and, uh, you know, figure out how we can win these games. You know, week one, we found out how to win the game in a close one. Um, this is another one, you know, very close, but we didn't make enough plays at the end um, to come through. So, yeah, you know, we got to watch the film first and go from there. Devontae was not pointing a finger at anyone. I don't want to imply that to you, but he was talking about this team hurting itself. My term, not his self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. Is that the most frustrating part, Max, when it's it's not the, what the Steelers did, it's a lot about what the Raiders did to themselves? 100%. As, you know, the NFL is... It really, everybody's good, you know what I mean? Everybody's elite at what they do. is the best players in the world. Um, the teams that win are the teams that don't beat themselves. It's simple as that. Penalties, um, finishing plays, running to the ball, using your hand. It's everything matters. And uh, it's not college football. It's not high school. You know, every like I said, everything matters. Um, and Devontae is 100% right. And he has a right to be frustrated because... That dude shows up every single day, and he gets better. And, you know, me and him are tight as ever because that's how we are from day one. Um, and that's why he's elite. And, you know, he has the right to, you know, feel that way. And uh, I feel the exact same way. You know, we, uh, we got to stop beating ourselves. And it's uh, something we got to look at and just, you know, find how we can, you know, avoid doing that. Next, he also said last, know, question, last, year last, was, last year was about – talking about it this year is about actually doing it yeah do you kind of share that same sentiment as well yeah 100 you know we got to do it as simple as that we got to win it is frustrating um but you can complain about it you figure it out you know there's no other option we're here we're week three we're one and two got to play the charges we got to win so as simple as that you know guys got to buy in everyone's got to be locked in and you know it's literally recovery starts right now watching the film starts now doesn't stop. Um, and that's got to be everybody, and that's got to be the mindset. You know, you can feel bad for yourselves, but it's not going to do anything. So, uh, you know, just be a, you know, I'm going to be a positive light. Not, you know, I know the leaders will as well. So we just got to, you know, bounce back from this. You mentioned the finishing plays and everyone body in. Are you seeing that? Yeah, you know, I feel, appreciate you, Nico. Um, yeah, you know, I've, there's obviously room for improvement. Everybody mm-hmm. can be better. But, yeah, you know, I don't think the guys being ready or playing hard is the issue. You know, we always can play harder. That's what I encourage everybody to do. So we just got to look at the film and, and see what we got to get better at. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Max Crosby right there in the Raiders locker room. And that final question I asked him, we were walking and talking at the same time there. And actually the whole scrum had broken up. And then I just doubled back just to ask him that question because he mentioned it. You know, all the guys got to be body and they got to locked in. They got to finish plays. And if you notice what happened on Sunday night, they didn't see – they didn't finish all the plays. Couple, couple defensive plays in particular – uh, there, the lock-in wasn't there, right? It seemed like there was some breakdown, communication breakdowns. So that's why I doubled back to ask that question. And, of course, Max, in the way he does, is always going to you know, give us a few minutes of his time. So I definitely appreciate him there for that. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't the only, the only issue, obviously, right? I mean, the defense had its moments, and it's had its moments where it's playing well. But at the end of the day, as we were talking with Adam Hill in the first hour, if you don't score more than 20 points, you're not going to win too many games in the NFL. I don't care how good your defense is. Your defense could be lights out, but if you're not getting over 20, and so far the Raiders have not scored over 20 yet this season, 17, 10, and 18 is not going to get it done. And even if Marcus Peters had come up with that interception and taken it to the house, yeah, they would have got over 20, but that's on the strength of their defense putting it in the, in the end zone as well. They've got to find a way offensively 
to score and score more than 17 or 18 points a game. That's, I mean, basically, if you throw that, that Buffalo game out and just say, okay, that was a one-off, but you're at basically averaging about 17 points a game. That's just not going to get it done. Let's take a couple more quick calls. we got Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 330-702-365-9200. Uh, Passionate Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Hey, man, your question today, what, what would we do different? Man, take the headset away from Josh, man. Let, let Mick maybe call these plays, and, and not, let's see if somebody else can maybe manage the game and see what's up because I think Josh's play calling and his managing the game is turning the players to, to drop their heads and start carrying their, dragging their, dragging their, their knuckles, man. I, I just think that, that whatever's going on is causing these guys to, to not want to focus and buy in. And then listen to Max, what Max said about every play. Every, I mean, if you're not fully bought in, you're not giving 110%. So everybody's going to have to buy in because unless something drastic happens and Mark pulls the plug right now, I mean, you can't do nothing but go out and play. But to go out and embarrass yourself and play the way that we've been playing this year, there's just no excuse for it, man. Men, we're men before anything. And we got to stand and be proud about whatever we're doing, no matter what it is, to delivering pizzas, to selling RVs, to doing whatever. Be the best at what you can be. Because we are out here watching you. We're the ones that's out here. So we got to walk around and, oh, there's another Raider fan. And you get the last, the Snickers and all that. And it's been too many years of it, Q. Things might not be perfect right now. But I don't know. Maybe Josh needs to take the headset off, let somebody else call the play, let somebody else make the decisions. We do got an old veteran, Rob Ryan, not saying he's the greatest, the, the, the savior, but he might have a little bit more experience in game time decision-making than Josh does because, for one cue, the defense they called on that third and two, two safeties high, what what the hell was that, PG? Well, that, that would yeah, I'd be a Patrick Graham thing. Thank you for the call. That'd be a Patrick Graham thing. So, I mean, you're taking the headset off of everybody, right? I mean, so, I mean, that's that. You know, like, you, could, you can question Josh McDaniels on some of the play calling, and I totally get it. I think that's fair. But, you know, now you're going to question Patrick Graham. I mean, at some point you're just questioning all the, all the coaches. And, you know, I think that the coaching has a lot to do with it, but I think that the players also have to go out there and execute the game plan. And, and do it to the best of their ability. So I, I understand what you're saying. Rob Ryan, he's in the uh, he's in the booth. He's upstairs with uh, with Patrick Graham. I can see him being a guy that can help out with the defensive side of things. He's a senior analyst right now on the defensive side of things, but he's definitely not like head coach. You know, making making head coach decisions like what to you know what to do on on in certain positions and and with certain down and distances left in the in the game. I mean, he's not going to make those kind of calls. So uh, I understand the frustration. I'm not worried about the years on top of years on top of years because that's stuff that everybody we've all already you know kind of go over as Raider fans we just kind of know that that's what it is I'm worried about what can they do right now this week to try to get things turned around as they prepare for the Chargers that's what I'm worried about I'm not worried about cleaning up the years of frustration that us as fans have dealt with because we have I'm worried about right now the present right that that's all we can really do is worry about the present let's uh, go to the phone lines again let's go out to the LBC let's talk to our guy Dwayne in Long Beach welcome to the show all right, all right, what's up with the kill? Chilling, man, chilling. Oh, man, I love Fashion Lady, how he get down, man. He's tall, <laughs> man. But anyway, man, I want to say this, man. Maybe you should uh, scrabble up the line a little bit, man, like we did last year. You know, switch it up one time. Put, put Luminor in the guard, the right guard, and make a Mathias Mess about right tackle. Let's try it out. Let's okay. see what's going on with it. 
You know what I mean? Like, like we need offensive line to go. And, and how Dude said, we need Alex Bars, man. I thought he was a good running on guard. Like, as far as running, he helped us all in that. That's just say, let's check it out. You know what I mean? Okay. No, sounds good. I mean, look, there's – Anything, anything is possible. Yeah, that's not. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. If if that's the direction they want to go, that's the good thing about Jermaine Illuminor. I think everybody could agree that he is a guy that could play a couple different positions. He could be a swing tackle. He could be a guard if possible. Maybe that that is the the, the idea. Put him uh, out there in in the guard position. Maybe Thayer Mumford is ready to be, uh, the, you know, the tackle, the right tackle, and, and switch things up that way. I know something's got to give with that offensive line. They've got to be able to be more physical. And, and Lincoln Kennedy will talk about that coming up in about ten minutes here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. The other thing that Lincoln pointed out on the roundtable, and I don't want to give the whole show away, but I mean, there's something he pointed out about Jermaine Illuminor being out there on an island going up against T.J. Watt and the way that T.J. Watt attacks the quarterback really just, I mean, the, the way that, that Jermaine Illuminor protects the quarterback on top of that really played into T.J. Watt's, like, his hand and put it in his favor because the way that he comes after the quarterback and Jermaine Illuminor blocks a certain way that it, it almost made an easier angle for T.J. to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. And you saw Jimmy get sacked four times on Sunday, and he was pressured a whole lot more. So, uh, again, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy coming up in about 10 minutes or so here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll talk all about that and uh, what he can do, what can be done uh, moving forward to try to get this team jump-started as they prepare for the L.A. Chargers. Let's get one more good call in. Robert from Portland, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yes, Q, I'm very worried about Joshua Palmer on the uh, Chargers. He's really coming into his own now. And I and with, with, what's his face out for the year, Mike Williams. I think uh, the secondary is going to be having her hands full, especially the fact that Eckler is a Raider killer. So the key to this game, I think, is if we have to bring Robertson in. Robertson's the only guy that has gotten, you know, has gotten picks. He killed Denver, you know, in a game a while back because of a pick he made. That's what. That's all they need. They need some turnovers. We and I talked about it last week. If they can get, I'm not saying this rookie's not learning is, you know, he's got to learn the ropes at corner. But uh, Hobbs is, I think, playing the, you know, playing well again because he's, he's been playing healthy. good. Yep. I just think I just think that Robertson has got that little it factor, and this kid, uh, you know, that uh, is going to, you know, they're going to pick on him. I just yeah. know Herbert's going to pick on him, and I know Herbert's going to get time to time to uh, throw because he's going to roll out to his left because he knows that Wilson and those guys on that side aren't going to be uh, pressuring him nearly because Coots has been, you know, Coots was my key guy. I told you that you know, weeks ago. He's playing hard. He's playing well. He and Diablo are finally coming into their own. But Coots is he's a he's a kind of a prototype linebacker. Um, He's just not a defensive end, if you know what I mean. He's not a. He's certainly capable of getting some sacks, but he's got to be getting his sacks due to schemes. And yeah. Graham has not schemed it so he could come in on a blitz or whatever and get to him. And and I just think that this Palmer kid, if we don't have somebody in there that can keep up with him, we're going to be watching at least thirty some points scored by the Chargers, and we've only scored thirty or more points. Five times in the, you know, in this era with uh, with this new coach, twenty games we haven't scored but thirty points or more five times. Now our defense has been not horrible. 
They've right. only given up 30 points or more in those 20 games five times also. So turnovers make the difference, but you've got to have a secondary guy. Come off the bench, 6 DB. I want to see Robertson play. All right. Hey, thank you for the call, Robert. I appreciate you. And, yeah, uh, Amik's almost become the uh, forgotten man, right? Uh, almost forget that he's on the roster because you don't see him out there. Uh, maybe he is a guy that could help provide a spark to the defense. They need something. And I don't want to put this all on the defense because I don't think it's all on them. I think the offense has a lot of the uh, – they carry a lot of the burden. They carry a lot of the, the, the problems with uh, where the Raiders are right now sitting there at one and two. Uh, again, a lack of being able to get it done and execute at a high level, which is to my surprise – I'm very shocked that the offense hasn't got going. I thought I could have sworn, and I told everybody who would listen, that the strength of this team would be the offense and hoping that the defense would be able to, you know, complement the offense. And, well, the offense just has not got going yet for one reason or the other. A lot of it has to do with the run game, and the other has to do with the fact that, well, Jimmy's just not spreading the ball around. It's Devontae, Jacoby, and that's it. So, yeah, I, I, there's there's a lot of, to go around, uh, but maybe a guy like Amit could help provide – a little bit of uh, a little bit of juice. I think a guy like Trey Tucker, a guy like DeAndre Carter, maybe you get them involved a little bit more to help provide some juice offensively as well. Um, speaking of the defense, this text from the two hundred nine. I don't think this had nothing to do with the defense. It's all offense, in my opinion. The defense stays on the field twice as long as the offense. That's a recipe for disaster, as we experience. Get the run game going, and everything else will follow suit. That kind of goes back to what uh, what we were just talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, again, I don't want to put. All of it on the defense, but there's there are times when they can make plays, right? I mean, I don't want to just say it's 100% offensive. Uh, it's it, there's issues on both sides of the ball. Uh, the offense sometimes is clicking and it looks good, and then the defense isn't clicking. And then there's times when the defense is doing good, getting off the field three and out, getting the ball back to the offense, and they're not clicking. They just haven't been able to execute as a team, at, uh, you know, all, all at the same time. And when they do that. That's when they could be special, but they've got to be able to execute and do it as a team, and we just haven't seen that. Let's go back to the Raiders' locker room real quick. Again, we have uh, Lincoln Cannon. Oh, do we have time for that? We don't have time for that, do we? All right. All right, well, we'll go back to the Raiders' locker room following Lincoln Kennedy. I just looked up. I'm glad I looked up at the time because I sure was about to go to the locker room and let you hear from Robert Spillane, so that would have got us uh, all behind the eight ball, and uh, Ari would have got mad. yelled at you. And, uh, yeah, Ari would have yelled at me, and we don't want Ari yelling at me because, well, he gets angry. He's like, what do they say? I don't know what movie that was, but uh, the incredible. You wouldn't like, right? You wouldn't no, like me I when didn't I'm watch angry. That movie, no. I want to say maybe it was Elf, and 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 is that what Will Ferrell said? He's an angry little elf, or something like that. Wow. Or is that is that? <laughs> I guess what? I think so big of myself. I my is that where is that what movie it was? I, though? Probably yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not know, sure. Do you know the scene I'm talking about though? Nah. Where he's calling? I mean, it sounds familiar, but there's I don't. the uh, there's the. I don't know how to describe it, but. <laughs> Will Ferrell is like, he thinks that this guy's an elf and he's not, right? He's just oh. not tall. And so he said, <laughs> he said oh, he's a, such an angry little elf. And the dude was like, call me an elf again and see what happens. That, uh, yeah, I do, I do vaguely remember that. Okay. Yeah. So and that's, that's what, exactly what, we, yeah. That's yeah, exactly. Very accurate. Yeah. So I, I, that's what, look, I don't want, now everyone's like, yeah, that, that joke really? sucked. <laughs> so nah. there you go. Let's go ahead and it's, kill that joke. <laughs> that didn't work very well. It's the quiet ones, is what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. There you go. The quiet ones are the ones you got to watch out for. Not the loud guys like me. You know exactly what I'm thinking at all times. <laughs> the quiet guys are the ones you got to watch out for. I know one guy who's not quiet. It's Lincoln Kennedy. He joins the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Raiders showing blitz. Seven across the line. They back out of there. Spillane up the middle. Pickett throws across the middle. And it's broken up. Nate Hobbs got on the back of Fryermuth at the 45. He tried to reach around the corner to grab it and hold on on his shoulder. Late pressure from the linebacker and former Steeler Robert Spillane. And they get the three and out. Raiders color analyst Lincoln Kennedy is live on Unnecessary Roughness. Right now on Raider Nation Radio. And Lincoln Kennedy does join us now on the phone lines. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. And you heard that highlight, Nate Hobbs, Robert Spillane combining for the three and out right there early in the game on Sunday against the Steelers. Uh, You know, there's a lot to kind of dissect and wonder what's going wrong. But Lincoln, on the positive note, I think Nate Hobbs is playing some really good ball so far this year. What have you seen from Nate? Well, I mean, it's been sparse. There was a couple times he had some blown assignments in the Buffalo game. But I'm just trying to remember. I'm not trying to be too critical of what you're saying. I think he's grown and playing well. Um, uh, but they need him right where they have him. They need him at that nickel corner. I think that he plays that very well. Yeah, I agree. And I think that he's very physical and he brings a little bit of energy and tenacity that, that this Raiders defense needs. And, you know, we talked earlier today on the, the Raiders roundtable and you were talking about the physicality of the team and they just need to be more physical, especially the offensive line. What can they do? Is there anything they could do this week to be, get that extra ounce or two of physicality that they're missing? Well, Q, it comes all about desire and attitude. I mean, you, you, if you want it, you can go out there and do it. I mean, there's, you know, the thing is that we – you know this as being an athlete, when you grow up and people challenge you, say you can't, you're out to try to prove them wrong, right? Yep. Well, I don't think we have that case here with collectively with the offensive line. But unlike the defense, and you were talking about Nate Hobbs' fire and stuff like that, I'm trying to figure out who it is on the offense. I mean, yeah. who, who's, that, who's that guy? Who's that guy who's going to get in your face and say, yo, let's pick this up? I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out because, you know, what I've seen so far out of these three games is just one, you know, when it comes to the run game, it's a lack of communication. And unlike last year, where we only interchanged technically one piece, unlike last year when the Raiders did a good job at owning and controlling the line of scrimmage, and that's why Josh Jacobs was so effective running the football, that hasn't been the case so far. And to me, it's always been about desire and attitude. If you want to do something and you're going to do something, you've got the physical means. You wouldn't be there if you couldn't. So it's not like you can. It's all up to you. And that's what somebody needs to bring out. Somebody needs to draw out. The way I kind of did it back in the day is I was like, look, follow me. When we call 14 blasts, you better be knowing that we're going to running over my ass. We're going to get that first down. Right. We're going to get that touchdown. You see what I'm saying? And you show them proven that's how people believe in you. And they've got leaders on this team. It's just I'm wondering to figure out who's that one, that voice that, 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 that can do that on offense. Yeah, no, I'm looking for that guy as well. And, you know, just in the run game, would that be a Colton Miller thing, as Andre James thing? Is that anybody you see on that ident- on offensive line you can identify? That I don't know enough about. You know, Colton yeah. has always been quiet. So mm-hmm. you can't, you know what I mean? He can't yeah. really necessarily fault him, but he's always been quiet. The the And then when you talk about, you know, whether it's Andre James, well, I don't, I don't know. I, Andre was young coming in, never played center before, so I kind of gave him a lot of passes. As we as we progress, you know, in years, but um, you know, it, it's got to be somebody, somebody that makes sense, to somebody that the team's going to listen to. 
Yeah, no, and it's funny. I'm trying to go through my mind right now on the offensive side of things who that guy could be. I mean, I would say Josh Jacobs, but he seems like he's in the wrong position, right? I mean, he's well, not. I mean, it's not necessarily. I mean, the team respects him. Yeah, if he's going to be that guy that's going to say it, and so be it. But you know, the team respects him, and they and the coaches love him. So I I can see it, but I just don't know. I, I haven't I haven't seen anybody come in the huddle at one time and just getting the guy's face, other than the quarterback who's given a play, but getting the guy's face, punching guys on the chest, those types of things, hitting guys in the helmets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Getting, you know, getting the team together and saying, look, we need, we need this touchdown, we need this first down, whatever. I haven't seen it yet. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, you mentioned earlier today, and I thought it was a great little nugget that you dropped on us about uh, Jermaine Illuminor basically going up one-on-one against T.J. Watt and how that's just a bad position to put that man in. Just, it certainly is, and it, yeah. and it was. I mean, the thing is, is that when you know you have a disruptive player on the other side, you take that in consideration and you prepare for it. You know, we, we played against the Buffalo Bills. They had two people blocking Mike, Max Crosby. What they did this this past week against the Steelers is that first they would alternate sides when people when they thought Pittsburgh thought that Max was going to be on their right, his left. He went over to the other side. I thought that was that was pretty good. But after halftime, they adjusted to it. So the quarterback said, wherever 98 is, we're going to make sure we double him. That's the type of precautions and adjustments you need to have. You should never, ever put someone who's at, who has shown that you struggled in pass pro before one-on-one with one of the best pass rushers in the league. Right, and he uh, got sacked multiple times. Jimmy G yeah. got sacked four times and, you know, looked like he was, I don't want to say skittish, but he was a little concerned in the pocket, right? He just well, didn't when, look. Well, wouldn't you be after you come yes. down awkwardly <laughs> and you have to, you have to, you, there's a part of you that takes some time to get off the field? Yeah. I mean, the fact that, the fact that he played the, the rest of the game and now he's considered in percussion, um, you know, concussion protocol, I mean, dude, what, what, what did we miss? Right. You know, why would you even, why would you even toil, toil around with that? When you take into consideration that um, this is a guy who's had injury issues throughout his career, so you want to protect him, the utmost importance to protect him, right? Yeah, no, you definitely do. And now, like you mentioned, he is in concussion protocol. What do you think if he can't go? Would it be the Aiden O'Connell show? Would it be the Brian Hoyer show? What's the decision there? Well, I mean, it's it, uh, based on what we've seen, it would probably have to be the Aiden O'Connell show because we saw the most out of him out of preseason, right? Yeah. And at least the offense had some movement. Even though you're going to preseason, a lot of teams are playing are very vanilla. He didn't have the benefit of the starters. I mean, I would think it would be O'Connell first. What if you were playing and you were in that locker room and this situation occurred and all of a sudden, you know, Gannon went down and there's a rookie there that played in the preseason – what would your thoughts be if that rookie came in and took over? Well, you're hoping that he comes in and he does the job at, at, you know, as well as you, your starter would. You know, mm-hmm. the fact is is that Q, for what it's worth, as a player, I didn't care who was coaching, I didn't care who I was playing along against or next to, as long as we won. Right. That's yeah. what it comes down to. I don't give give a damn how the scenario happens. I want to win, and that's what players want to do. They want to win. Right. Devontae said that after the game, right? He yeah. said that. He said he doesn't have time to figure things out throughout the course of the season. It's not he his w- responsibility to figure things out. All you right. can do when you're a player, only thing you can do is do you. Right. Be the best you because that's what the team needs. You can't, you can't worry about anyone else. You can't micromanage anybody else. That's not for you to do. Right, right. And he's playing at a very high level. Uh, he's got, what, 20 targets on Sunday. So we know what Devontae is able to do. But, but Lincoln, the, the ball's not being spread around to anybody else but Devontae and Jacoby. Uh, you know, he, he compliments him a little bit. But that's it. This ball's got to get spread around as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, I think that's what everybody kind of expected when you were talking about 
who was going to help Devontae. When you went there to avoid and you got rid of Darren Waller, you were like, man, well, who, who's going to help out Devontae? We know he's, he's the focal point. And so they, they got, went out and got Jacoby Myers. They kept Hunter Renfro. They've got these targets. They drafted Michael Merritt for a reason um, out of Notre Dame, and they you know, went up to get him. They, they, they've drafted these players for a reason. They have an explosive offense. But the problem, Q, is becomes the discretion of the quarterback. You know, there were times when Derek was here, I thought Derek was focused on his primary receiver, whether it was Adams or Cooper back in the day. He was just focused on him and do his absolute hardest to get the ball to him, even yeah. if put it in compromised positions. Most of the time that doesn't work out. But it's up to the quarterback's discretion. More importantly, it's also open to, uh, goes to the coaching and play calling because they call certain plays in certain ways to, know, to let the, the quarterback know who's supposed to be open first. If it works right, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's one of the things where it starts at the top and then it works down. If if somebody would say, hey, let's look to Hunter and, and on the seam route or whatever, um, in, in his ear, then you know probably Jimmy G's probably going to look at him. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe yeah. look off and come back to him. But it, it, I mean, it starts up top and then it trickles on the quarterback and it ultimately becomes the quarterback's discretion and who and where to get them involved. You mentioned Michael Mayer, the, the rookie out of Notre Dame, the second-round pick. Uh, he's gotten slow out of the gates, you know, not only just getting the ball, but you can see him struggling a little bit and blocking as well. What is it going to take to get Michael Mayer going? Playing. Just yeah. play him. Mm-hmm. Rookies are going to take their lumps. You know, most people think, depending on where you draft a guy, that, oh, he's an immediate starter. A lot of times that's the case. doesn't mean they're going to be good at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you still got to get on the pro speed, the pro style. You know, Mayer's got to understand how people are going to cover him or, you know, who's going to bump them or where they're going to come from, these types of things to bump them off his routes. More importantly, he just has to get familiar with game speed. It happens a whole lot faster than what they try to do in practice, and, and you won't know how to deal with it until you see it. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things about Sunday's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I want to flip over to the defensive side of things, and we've asked you and talked to you a lot about Tyree Wilson. Uh, a lot of Raider Nation is frustrated because he's another rookie that's slow out of the gates. Uh, what have you seen from him through three weeks so far? I haven't seen much of it. It's going to take a while for him to grow. You know, here's the thing, and it goes back to my point. Even though we drafted him number seven, He's never. He's probably hardly ever played against left tackle NFL talent. Mm-hmm. That's different. Right. See what I'm saying? That yep. There's a reason why in the National Football League that position is the highest paid, and, and on as far as offensive lines go. Right. See what I'm saying? That, yep. that there's a reason. You're going up against the best. You're going to have to learn how to defeat the best. It's just going to take time. He's got to understand what he can do on this level that works, or that he can try to make grow. And, and, you know, what I, if I was at a practice and I was talking to him, I was like, you need to develop a counter move, mm-hmm. a second move. What happens if he takes that away? What are you going to do? Right. You yep. know, that type of thing. Because all the good ones have one. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And, of course, the left tackles in the league are, are again, NFL quality. And, look, Lincoln, you cover college ball. I mean, you do games yeah. all the time. I covered the Big 12 like a glove when I was in, in, in Texas. And right. I was trying to explain earlier that – the Big 12 has never been just known for big-time defensive players. There are really good defensive players that come out of the Big 12, but you know that's really an offensive league. Oh, yes. With the scoring <laughs> that the Big 12 notoriously has had, historically has had. Right. Oh, yeah. You can tell there's very, very little defense. I mean, you have your, your occasional hitters that come out of it, but for the most part, no. No, this is, this is known as an offensive league. So, you know, the, the thing is, is I'm not, you know, trying to hit, you know, Texas Tech hard on, as right. far as who they're playing. But, I mean, let's be real. Even through you go through four years of college, doesn't necessarily mean that you'll see NFL-caliber talent. Right. 
Yep, and exactly. The way that they scheme it up. Yep, the way they scheme it up there, they get that ball out of their hands. It's a one read and go, right? Basketball on grass is what they call that. (laughs) <laughs> in the Big 12. Uh, also, Lincoln, just going back to you know something that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show, and that was the, the field goal decision at the end of the game for Josh McDaniels. Obviously, that's been everywhere. People have been talking about it. Overall, what was your thought on the decision late in the game there? Well, my thing was this, is that I was taught to never take points off the board. However, you're getting an automatic first down on, on a ghost of a call. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you got it. I, I would just like better play selection. I wish that we had more in our arsenal than what we've shown so far in these three games. Right. And you mentioned earlier on the on the roundtable that you felt like Coach McDaniels didn't believe that he had a play that could pick up those fourth and yeah, four yards. Yeah, when, when it comes down to the fourth and four or fourth and five, I mean, at that particular point, you have to take the points. You have to take the field goal because your team has struggled to get those short fourth yards. You know, yeah. those fourth and short yards and stuff like that. And, and, and Pittsburgh's defense has taken a lot away. So you can't come out of that area with no points. It's just too much of a gamble. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And it's, it's one, it's a tough one. It was going to be an ugly win, but the Raiders could have won that game for sure. Now they've got a tough one coming up against the Chargers in their home away from home in no SoFi Stadium. Well, we'll catch up on Thursday and we'll focus in on the Chargers game. Lincoln, thanks okay. so much. You were fantastic earlier on the roundtable. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, Q. It's good to be with you, brother. Always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, my man. Lincoln Kennedy right there, former Raider offensive lineman, obviously part of the Raider broadcast as well. And I just I love hearing what Lincoln has to say. Well, again, he, he tells it how it is, talks about the physicality of the offensive line, certain players that we have high expectations for. And he's right. When a guy gets drafted in the first round, no matter where he gets drafted, the expectations are sky high. This guy is going to come out the box, and he's going to be cash money. Right. It, it doesn't happen like that a lot. You know, even though I, <laughs> I I feel the same way. You draft that guy first in the first round, top 10. Let's go. This dude is going to save the franchise. That's why I love the draft. That's why everybody loves the draft. Right. Because that's the, the next guy is going to be the best guy. We all know that. But right now, who's the best guy on the Raiders defense? The former fourth round pick, the former guy that nobody even knew who he was coming out of college. I say nobody. I know somebody's going to text me like, oh, no, I used to watch Max Crosby all the time. Okay, you knew. But outside of that, not too many. Right? I just, it was funny leaving the Raiders locker room on, uh, on Sunday talking to Max. We were walking out together, and I was telling him uh, that I had talked to his, uh, his, his high school football coach, Judd Thrash, uh, not too long ago. And uh, we actually sat there and chopped it up about Judd. And Judd's been on the show, right? And he's, he's a guy who knew that Max was going to be fantastic. Didn't know that he was going to be, you know, on the level that he is. But he, he recognized the talent, uh, you know, right away. But, again, small school in Texas, uh, small college he went to, fourth-round pick, ended up being the best guy that the Raiders have, right? I mean, he's the face of the franchise right now. He's the guy that we wait around in that locker room to talk to to get a few good minutes from him. So you, know, you just never know where that talent's going to come from. That's why there's multiple rounds in the draft. That's why I love the draft. Sometimes it's a hit. Other times it's a miss. And it's way too early, and I mean way too early, to look at any of the players that the Raiders drafted this past year and say that those guys are misses. It's three games so far. You have no idea how good or how bad any of these players could be at this stage of the game. 3.45 is the time. We'll come back. We'll hear from uh, Robert Spillane in the Raiders locker room. Plus, we'll hear from you at 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. And, of course, it's being brought to you today and every day by the jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my guy Mordecai and company. They do a hell of a job. You need the jewelry. They're going to get you hooked up like a dump truck in a major way. And when I say dump truck, I mean a nice dump truck, right? One that's got the rims, right? Got the system in it, right? Got the Cadillac seats and everything. I mean, that's the nice dump truck, not the one that, you know, it's got the garbage that you put out on Tuesdays and they come pick it up. I mean, the good dump truck. All right, you know which one I'm talking about, right? I do, yes. I'm okay. actually envisioning the one full of the uh, emoji smiley faces, actually. But right, right, something right. Something like that. Yeah, you got that dump truck with the guys that are riding around, right? They got the hair, just came out the shop. They're all faded up and everything, feeling good, look good, feel good, play good, rims, maybe on some hydros, right? If you're in L.A. riding in that dump truck, that thing is bouncing. Wop, 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 right? You on that? Got that? Got that Snoop in the trunk or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of double truck I'm talking about. So if you're going to get hooked up from the Jewelers of Las Vegas, that's what kind of hookup you're going to get. You're going to get the real deal hookup and anything that you might need, any kind of uh, sizing that you might need, they're going to definitely take care of that right there on the spot. You're going to get the best jewelry that you've ever seen. Everyone and anyone in the city of Las Vegas that needs jewelry, go see my guys. So, I mean, it's just that simple. Go check them out. Let them know that Q sent you and say, hey, man, Q said hook me up like a dump truck, and you won't get that special, special service. So there it is like that. Let's go out. Speaking to L.A., let's go out to L.A. Let's talk to our guy, Dave. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? <laughs> Dave's uh, like, I'm done, Q. <laughs> I ain't got no, nothing, I'm Q. Not, What's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Dave, Jay, Jay, Jay. Okay, well, that's the Ari thing. All right, Jay, what's up? What's on your mind? No, no problem. Hey, man, and just, you know, Q, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, listen, you know, our inability, you know, for our offense, that it really kind of like shows everybody knows that we can't throw the deep ball, okay? Mm-hmm. And, of course, all, you know, throughout these three games, everybody has their ears pinned back. They crowd the line. Of course, Josh Jacobs having a hard time. I think it's going to go ahead and take him like maybe by the fourth or fifth game to really get acclimated and get that timing and that sense with the offense. But you know, and I don't, and I hope it happens with the Chargers. You know, uh, sooner better than later. But uh, you know, I rather go ahead and kind of like everybody's talking about it, and I'm venting with uh, Raider, my Raider family out there right now. Okay, they understand. Listen, let's go ahead and put the rookie out there and see what we got. I've seen him in the preseason. He does possess an arm, and he can stretch the field. So then he would actually give that inability for the defense, hey, you know, we can't be crowding the line because this guy, at least he can sling it, okay? You put Adrian O'Connell, you know, uh, I mean, you put, uh, you know, Hoyer in there. Forget it. It's kind of like putting a Pinto in a uh, Grand Prix. Come on, (laughs) you know. He's not going to go ahead and get the job done, all right? Well, I mean, in other words, we're we're tapped. If we put him in, we're telling everybody else that we're tapping now before we even start the game. So I'd rather not see him. I'd rather see, you know, O'Connell. Let's go ahead and put him out there. Let's see what we got. I agree with you. I want to see, you know, what he's able. I saw in the preseason bits and pieces. I know it was with, uh, what is it, with uh, preseason players, okay? Big deal. They're still NFL players trying to go ahead and actually earn a job in the NFL. So it doesn't mean that he was, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just – pixie dust and oh my god you know he's he's like the best thing you know besides sliced bread let's go ahead i want to see the kid play and i think he is able to go ahead and process and see the game very quickly now you know is it going to go ahead and happen this game you know i hope my 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 wish is yes okay 
But, you know, what happens if he doesn't really kind of like pan out? All right. So, you know, there's that uh, that fear also, too. But I'd rather go ahead and kind of like think in the positive things and see what he's actually he's had good command on the offense. He really kind of like he's able to go ahead and throw the deep ball. And then plus at the same time, we might be able to go ahead and open up that playbook because we've been using it. It's 60 percent. We're not spraying the ball anywhere. I mean, what is it? Uh it's Devontae and, uh, I mean, and uh, what is it? Jacoby. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's just, you know, come on. It's like the the thing is why we only have these players because most most of that defense is kind of like crowding that box. And, of course, they don't respect us to go ahead and throw the, uh, the ball. All right. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. That's Jay in L.A., not Dave in L.A. Somewhere Dave's ears are ringing. But, Jay, thanks so much for the call. We're running out of time in hour number two of the show. You can keep those calls and texts coming, uh, 702-365-9200. Plus, we'll take you back inside the Raiders locker room as we kick off hour number three of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raiders Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.